Welcome back to Macam in the Middle podcast after another league game, another game that was televised live on Sky away to Sheffield United on Wednesday evening, a game that did end in a 2-1 defeat, which was only Alex Neal's second defeat since he was appointed manager over 20 games ago. And very shortly, we'll obviously get into everything that happened during the game, the big decisions, the goals, and of course, what happens between now and the end of the transfer window, really. So first and foremost, Michael... Did end in defeat, but as we'll get into, plenty of positives to take from it again. Yeah, uh, well, as I said to you before we started recording, and I said for context, I wanted to look at Sheffield United's home form across 2022. And I've looked that if you, inc- including the first leg defeat of the playoff semi finals to Nottingham Forest at the end of last season, they've only conceded six, well, now seven goals at Bramall Lane this year, which I think suggests how difficult a place it probably will be to come. And as long as and if those if their players apply themselves, they should be at minimum be in the top six, arguably pushing for first and second. Mm. Um, so that and that was before even the red card happened. It was always going to be a very difficult test. It was by far going to be our hardest one of the season. And I think you're right. There are lots of positives from that. I, I didn't expect anything from the game, and I certainly didn't expect it once we went down to ten men. But to show the character to stay in the game and to potentially possibly nick something at the end. Um, is palpable. Look, they obviously. I mean, like, look, they had a lot more shots and, on, and obviously many and more on target and possession than we did. But that's going to happen. Um, that was probably going to happen even with even with eleven v eleven. But there's mm-hmm. an argument that for the first thirty minutes, eleven v eleven, we could get something out of that game, um, and there'll be better teams than us that will get beat at Sheffield United this season. Yeah, and obviously this, the Sheffield United squad in general, John. A lot of them players were playing Premier League football what two years ago. Um, some of them have been linked with moves to Premier League clubs this season. Obviously, Sanderberg, who I thought was one of the best players on the pitch yesterday, he has been linked with a move to Liverpool. No surprise there, really. So, to be able to go toe to toe with one of the teams like that, bearing in mind we had 10 men for, what, 60, 65 minutes of that game, just shows this season could go a lot better than people probably, possibly expected it to, you know, as we got promoted. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it was like you say, it was two two very good teams. Um, and if you, you know, obviously we know how it went on after Neil was sent off, but you know, before that, you know, you're probably looking at both teams and thinking, yeah, they're both of of sort of similar similar ilk. You know, that although they've been in the Premier League and we've been in in League One, but it's nice to see us. You know, that now we are promoted, going toe to toe with these with these uh, players. Like you say, it's. They they were playing Premier League, um, and and we weren't. But it's it's refreshing that we can we can get there. Um, and I think now it's I think I think it has shown maybe the the club upstairs that maybe we need to you know personally I think invest a little bit more and and if we if we can do that and add it to these players that we've got now who seem to have have made the step up. Um, then you know that that bodes well for a very a very good season. You know players that you probably thought you know we're not gonna you're not gonna be involved at all, even though it was sort of albeit small margins. But Trey Hume came on, did okay. I know Jack Diamond only got five minutes, but still looked and ran ran him a little bit. You know he's we've we've got a very good squad here, and going up against a team like Michael said, who should in theory you know I thought they were they were very good, even though we we still went toe to toe with them. Uh, for sort of most of the game, you know, they they should be sort of first or second. Um, so yes, yeah, so to to go up with them and 
you know, to go toe to toe, albeit yeah, the red card that we'll we'll come on to, um, you know, was was definitely pleasing. Yeah, and obviously we've seen it in the what I think that's four games in the season now, Michael. We've obviously, won one, drawn two, lost one. Everyone would have liked us to have, you know, probably won at least three of them, and I think we probably should have. Coventry game it was obviously a close game. It was a good goal that we conceded. The QPR one, I think you look back at and think, you know, two 0 up with what was I think five minutes of regular time left, a bit more depth. You know, players to come on and impact the game. We see that game out. And again, Sheffield uh, United, just a bit more Nearly depth. said Wednesday there, didn't you? Nearly <laughs> said Wednesday, yeah. We played on Wednesday. Black counts or anything. That's half, that's but... half a point. <laughs> so the starting 11 that we have can achieve a lot this season, I think. And I think we've seen that in the first four games. But again, we keep saying the same thing. And, you know, we're probably going to keep saying it for the next, what, 13 days, I think it is. We need depth and we need it desperately. That we do, uh, as 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 everyone in the group chat is probably sick of me saying by now. Um, I've I've said that I think I'm judging the window when it's finished and not two weeks beforehand. But that doesn't change the fact we need depth because now we've lost Dan Neil. I think for at least a game or two, um, depending on how how the severity of the offence is judged. Then you've got Corey Evans, who potentially is going to, looks like he's going to be injured for a little bit. Um, Carl Winchester's injured. Uh, Dan Ballard's injured, so that that alone should, should suggest that we need more, we need more signings, which is it's abundantly clear. It's absolutely abundantly clear. So for me, it, I don't know. I think I think we've we've to quote Alex Neal, we've we've knocked on the door so many times that we can't knock anymore. It's I don't know what more to say on that. We need we need. I do believe we will get the players in, but it would be preferable if sooner rather than later. And I don't know. It just depends if we're trying to wait to get Premier League players because the Premier League players that we're looking for can't go until those clubs in question get their targets. But again, the longer it wait, the longer you wait, the more you've got to do going into deadline day, which is not a position we'd prefer to be in. Yeah. Well, in the game, and before the red card, John, Sunderland were probably far and away the better team. They looked dangerous going forward, pretty solid defensively, and they moved the ball well. The first, like I said, the first 30 minutes, Sunderland looked more likely the team to finish in the top five this season. Yeah, so as I said before, you know, it was it was two very good teams sort of going toe to toe. And you'd probably say on balance we maybe had it um you know a, a little bit more of the edge. Um you know we I'm sure we'll come onto the red card, but it's sort of a bit of you know it's obviously a mistake and then sort of a you know a, a double mistake with with the pull. But you know before that you know, Sims and Stewart will cause anyone problems in this league. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter who we are. And for every, for every game I've watched, I've watched quite a few championship games that haven't even involved us. And I'm not really too worried about, um, you know, about anyone coming and sort of wiping the floor of us. Um, you know, I, at the moment, I think we can go. You know, we shouldn't fear anybody. I think we can go, we can go to places and do jobs. And you know, teams will not want to come and play at a stadium like either. So again, you know, it was probably going back to the recruitment thing again. You know, we need reinforcements so we can get those points early on the board. You know, and give ourselves the best platform to, you know, to have a real good go at this this season. Yeah, and obviously the game did change though, Michael, when the red card came. Um, I know you. Did question it a little bit at the time, but I think that's more down to the fact that I don't think the rules are particularly clear at the moment with, you know, last man, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of why he gets sent off is because if he doesn't make the foul, 
I don't think anyone can doubt that. I think it was Mikati or Mikati, however you say his name. He's at least getting a good effort on he's, goal, isn't he's he? He's going to get a shot. It's a goal scoring opportunity, and that classifies as a red card. So taking that into consideration, there's no question about it, really, is there? No, like at, at the in at the time in the stadium, I said um, to my friend next to me, clear red card. Even before it was brandished, I said no complaints. The, the reason I questioned it was because, again, like you said, the rule is not clear on how influential the last man argument actually is. So let's make, I'll make this clear. If, if last man is secondary to denying the goal scoring opportunity or isn't involved in the decision-making process to brand out a red card, then it's a straight red. I've got absolutely no complaint. The FA, need to, the FA or whoever decides this needs to make the rules undoubtedly clear as to what constitutes a decision like that. But nevertheless, um, so we'll say for argument's sake, yes, it is a red card. I've got no complaints with that. If that was the other way around, we're screaming for that to be given. Um, but it's just got, I mean, the only thing I would, maybe it's me being hypercritical, feel free to correct me. Um, I think that maybe Dan Neal takes it, I mean, maybe the pass isn't great from Bart, but I think that he maybe just needs to pass it back to Patterson and just so he can try and clear it. But yeah. again, that's me being revisionist and same with hindsight. Uh, but obviously, uh, uh, as you said, up until that point, we looked all right, looked comfortable. Uh, and then once that happens, it just changes the complexion of the game. Um, and to be fair, Sheffield United, they took advantage of it. Yeah. And obviously, it was a mistake from Dan Neil, John. Anyone will say that. He'll say it himself. And I think Alex Neil said it as well. But, you know, you can look back at it and think, yeah, he's got to play that first time to Patterson, get it up the pitch or whatever. But it, what he's actually trying to do probably isn't the worst thing to do, which is unfortunate. I think the ball bounces up off the floor hits his right knee and then obviously it cuts across him and then he ends up having to bring the man down. It's a mistake, he'll learn from it, but you know, as we've said in the group chat, as other people have said on Twitter, it's nothing more than a mistake and some of the reaction from it was slightly... Some of the reaction's been stupid. Exaggerated, yeah. Just put that in there. Yeah, obviously I won't, you know, I'm speaking for myself, I won't have a bad word said against Dan Neil and anyone who does, you know, I'll fault them any day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, on, you're backing yourself to win, John. Yeah, against anyone, I'll I'll protect Dan Neil till till you know till the day I die, and probably even after that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, turning there is is obviously you know is nicked up, and it's it is just a mistake. Um, I think more, you know you can live with those mistakes maybe, but you know you should be flicking it inside to Patterson because he should see there's plenty of space, and obviously Luco Nine's obviously pulled out wide because he he knows or he thinks Patterson's just going to receive the ball. We knock it out wide, and that's how we play. You know, it's it's maybe just a little bit of naivety that we've seen this season from from the team, just to do the basic things really well. Obviously, that said. I think the real mistake is is pulling the kid down because you've got to accept or you've got to at least put a little bit of faith in Patterson that he's, he's going to be quicker out of his box, which he was a couple of times. You know, you've got to put a bit of faith I, in I, him. I think it's one of them things as well. If it was, if that was 50 minutes later in the game and the score's level, then you're probably saying, yeah, take the foul. And I think that's one of them things that just comes with experience, knowing when to take the foul, when to maybe risk it and, and see if Patterson can make the save. If he doesn't, we go 1-0 down, but it's 11 v 11. But I suppose that's just one of the things that comes with experience. Yeah, exactly. It does. You know, and, and, and he knows straight away. As soon, as soon as he did it, he knows straight away. He looked up and I'm sure he said like, shit, yeah. you know, straight away. And then obviously the red card, there wasn't really any any real surprise. But the real mistake for me was obviously pulling him back because I, I still think even if they'd have gone through and scored, you know, you, you, could, you could say that they'd have scored, um, you know, if, if they did. 
then you want to play 11 v 11. You'd, I would still back you and back yourself to still be in the game. You know, to be fair, we did score. If we we limit them to not scoring, and then we still do with you know with Gooch, and we've still got two strikers on the pitch as well. You know, who do cause problems. You've got to back yourself. So again, it's almost a little bit of naivety, but you know, is is one of them has happened. It's a thing that we need to learn, and we need to learn very quickly because obviously, once Dan Neal's back from suspension, he you would have thought he does then slot back in, you know, yeah. because Empton isn't really a central midfielder. Um, you know, we've, we've got injuries to Evans and Winchester. Are we, are we going to sign a central midfielder? Who knows? So it's, you know, it's one of those things. And, and I'm sure they'll sit down with him and say, look, what could you do better there? You know, you're, you're naive in, in probably the second one, not the first one. The first one can happen to anybody, but you know, we, we've got to learn and we've got to move on and we've got to, you know, cut those out. Cause if we cut those out, then, you know, games are there for the taking for us. doesn't matter who we're playing. Yeah. And obviously that red card does mean that Dan Neal will miss the next game, Michael, which is obviously Stoke away on Saturday. I did have to double-check it, which I've just done there. Um, and I'm fairly sure it is just one game because of the laws. I think it's a professional foul or denial of a goal-scoring opportunity that ends in a red card is just a one-game ban. Um, a bad tackle, you know, studs up, whatever, was a two-game and then... Violent conduct is a three-game, as mentioned in the Liverpool game. Obviously, Nunes headbutting someone, so that was the three-game ban. But even just the one game that he's missing for, Corey Evans might be back. I'm not sure. I don't think anything's been said on that. But that just leaves us with Matete as the only centre midfielder, really. Winchester's injured. Onayan's currently playing at the back because our defenders are injured. Again, it, it, it just goes back to the whole squad depth thing that injuries will ruin us this season. It will if we don't address them um, and address them quite sufficiently in the next two weeks. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it depends. If, if Corey Evans is back, then I think we can manage without Daniel. For, if it is one game, then I think we can manage without Daniel for one game. But the problem is, in that time, you could pick up, but you could have two more players pull up with hamstring injuries or something, and then they're out for a longer period of time. And then it reinforces the, the point about squad depth and needing to bring players in even more than it already is. And it's quite important as it is at right now. So it's, I get it just sends the message to Speakman. Again, Speakman is someone that I feel I've justifiably defended quite strongly, but this is where he's really going to have to earn his money over the next two weeks. And, you know, and bearing in mind, like I said on previous podcasts as well, we're going to have a game that, that that's only our first midweek game of the season. We've got another one in less than two weeks against Rotherham. Then you've got another one a couple of weeks after that against Reading. I think you've got some like two or three midweek games in October. And you've got another one in November, but that's before the Middlesbrough's World Cup on a Monday as well. Sorry? But Middlesbrough on a Monday as well. That is true. Well, in some ways, that's probably beneficial because you've got Norwich on the Saturday, Watford on the... Sorry, not Watford. Um, Rotherham on the Wednesday, and then five days later, you play Borough. Yeah. So it's at least a bit more of a gap. But I still get your point. We're going to have a lot of games all over the place. And this is where we need to get players and we need to get them in quickly. Yeah. Well, after the red card... It didn't take long for Sheffield United to get their first goal, John. It was a corner. Um, people questioned Anthony Patterson for a little bit, whether we could have come and collected the cross. Um, I think it was kind of just outside the six-yard box where the ball fell. Um, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his name like I didn't in the preview pod, but their Bosnian centre-back won the header, unmarked, free header. Again, just one of them goals that you look at and think, can we do a little bit better with? Yeah, of course we can. You know, I, I, to be fair, I did see a lot of people sort of 
you know, criticising Patterson. You know, if you look, that box is so congested. And to be fair, Sheffield United got a few big, big lads in, and not to mention our ones as well. You know, and he's got to go over the top. I, of I think as well, not just to interrupt you quickly there. I think some of the stuff that will probably have been going through Patterson's head there as well is obviously the QPR game only a few days ago. The winning goal came from him trying to get the lacrosse. He didn't quite get there. And had he stayed in his goal, he probably would have saved that. So I think that probably played a part in his decision-making there as well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But um, I, I just think, you know, the the point maybe was like, I think it's a little bit critical to ask him to to come out and, and win that in those group of players. I think the real questions have got to be, it doesn't matter who's marking him. I think it was Sirkin, um, who's, to be fair, really, really good in the air um, and was in a good starting position. How how the guys managed to get a free header sort of almost in the six-yard box. I think that's... You know, that's that's the questions that should be asking. And I'm sure Neil is, um, you know, the first one to be asking that question. I, I don't really have any criticism on Patterson, you know, and it's ultimately it's a, it's a shit time to to concede, you know, because after, after Neil gets sent off, you'd think, right, let's just get to halftime. We'll regroup, you know, because we yeah. are... We, we did see, you know, for the rest of the game, we saw that we are, a, you know, a very steely side who can, you know, not only did we hold our own, but we probably had, you know, some real, real good spells in the game as well. So, you know, it was a, it was a crap time to concede. But again, you know, it's the one one little mistake you can make and you, you're punished. That That is how it goes. You know, League One, you maybe get away of it, but, you know, we've got to learn and we've got to learn quickly. Yeah. And obviously, Michael, the one thing that I think a lot of people take from the game is the timing of the goals that we conceded, obviously one just before half-time and obviously the second one, which we want to now, I think it was a minute, 40 seconds into the second half. It just, it was a good goal. You know, I think Sheffield United moved the ball well. Um, it was one pass through the middle. I think, I can't remember who it was, but he's missed the ball. It went through to, again, that Bosnian centre-back that I'm not going to try and pronounce. It's a simple ball mm-hmm. in the box. And I think it was Max Lowe who tapped it in. So in terms of the goal, I don't think it was, you know, a mistake or lack of judgment or whatever. It was, you know, a good goal, championship standard goal, and that's why Sheffield United will be up there come the end of the season. But just the timing of it, isn't it? Well, it's it's, it's right again. The first one's right after the red card, pretty much. It's like two minutes after the red, uh, and then obviously the second one is two minutes after half time. So it's it's not particularly ideal because then it because that was the thing I always said that as long as possible keep yourselves in the game, don't concede a second and you might get a chance on the breakaway. Um, but obviously the second one goes in and then from that, from there it looked a real uphill task. And that's not through a lack of effort, it's just how it is. You, Everything, you know, Sheffield United's crowds on the, um, uh, was it, is with the team. Again, a team that's barely, can barely conceded, let alone, they've only lost one game at home, two games, sorry, at home this calendar year. So, and barely concede any goals. So it's very difficult from there. And that's with 11 men, let alone 10. Um, yeah. but we, so we did well to get into it, but who's to say if we kept it at one nil and we equalised the chef? Where sorry, I've just done your mistake there. Um, <laughs> United um, don't break away and score more. It's just it, it is unfortunate, but you know I, I'm I'm not going to be too harsh on the lads because again, it it was a game where literally almost everything it felt like was going against us. Yeah, well, after the second goal, John, we made changes. Obviously, Matete, Trey Hume, and Benny White. I think with the trio of subs that came on. Pretty soon after the second goal conceded, and obviously we'll get on to the goal that, that we did end up scoring, but I thought the one player that came on and actually had an impact on the game looked bright and certainly looked like he can play a part this season, which a lot of people didn't think you could. Um, a few people were saying he should be loaned down to League One, getting regular football, but Jamie Teddy, like I said, he was one of the players that came on. He had a good game when he came on. 
Yeah, he had a very good game, to be fair. And, you know, we, we can go back to the, you know, I can actually name him now, you know, Sheffield Wednesday game, you know, when players played and and Neil sort of bemoans, you know, the lack of of people stepping up when they get their opportunity. And and that's what you want. You want players coming into the team and, and actually making a difference and proving a point. And now you'd probably say, yes, yes, we got injuries. Um, but, you know, the, the pressing, especially away from home, which is a good thing because you'd expect the home team to, to have a lot of possession, you know, when we go to Stoke the weekend. Is he's he's the type of player you're you're going to want in there, and if he's if he's fired up and you know and how well he played with his high pressing, you know we can we can nick the ball back and with players like Pritchard, you know and obviously the two strikers and the attacking on the wing, you know he's he's an ideal player just to slot in. Um, obviously he he's the one who starts the goal. You know I thought at times our pressing wasn't that good, you know um, before Matete come on, um, and they were sort of able to to zip it into the to the midfielders quite easily and and ping it out wide. Um, obviously, you know we were, you know down to ten men, but um, you know the the goal ultimately comes from from his pressing of of picking off their midfielder, and that's how that's how the chances is, is uh, created. And if you watch, you know, even teams like Man City, that is what their game is massively built on is the other teams have possession, pick them off quickly and hit them on the break as quick as you can without, without giving them time to think. And those are the types of things I think that we do work on and we should, we should be getting those players in who can do that. But, you know, I think, you know, like I said, with, with injuries, I think Matei does probably play himself into the, into the starting lineup for the weekend. Yeah. Honestly, the goal on Michael, like John said there, did originally come from, I think it was Sheffield United possession at the back. It was John Egan who had the ball, obviously former Sunderland Academy player, I think he was. Mm. He's played the ball in the middle, Jamie Tete, as he does. He's very quick with the ball, interceptor and Sunderland break, which I think is something that Sunderland, especially recently, haven't done overly well. We seem to kind of... Um, just kind of dawdle on the ball a little bit when we go yeah. forward, stop the attack, yeah. defenders get back in position and, you know, we kind of end up in the same position as we were before. But we broke forward quickly, ball falls to Stewart, he plays through to Gooch and it's a top finish from Gooch. And I think someone, I think I can't remember who was, put it in the group chat, but that's his first goal since the season it's before April last, 2021. I think. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, I think it was on the ITV highlights thing. I think I saw, I heard that somewhere, but... Yeah, um, it's a shame Kyle's not on here because I'm sure he would have gone ballistic with this. Um, obviously, given how much I know he loves Gooch, but it was a great, it was a cracking finish to be Linden there. Gooch, that is, I'll just add. Sorry? Linden Gooch, I'll add. Yeah. I'll take out of context, that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think the thing is with Gooch's finish, it's it's one where he probably hasn't got that much time to think because the keeper's coming out and he chips it. But it's, so to be fair, given that it's instinctive, he chips him and it's, and it was, and it's a great, it's a cracking finish. It really is. Um, the run's great, the timing of it's great, um, and Stuart obviously does well to find, get the vision to feed Gooch through. Um, wouldn't say one on one, but you know what I mean. It's, it's running through on goal, um, and at that point, I had a slight hope we could get back into the game. Wasn't meant to be, but I think that'll do. That'll do Gooch a bit of confidence. Um, he has got whatever me criticisms of him. He has got the pace um, to stretch teams, and if he's able to do that consistently enough, he should be able to get more chances. Hopefully, yeah. And obviously, after that goal, John. It, I mean, it, a two-nil down, it's quite easy for a team, especially away from home, down to 10 men, just to kind of sit back and just kind of accept the two-nil defeat, try and stop them from scoring, keep the goal difference down and just move on to the next game. But we scored that goal and we generally looked like we could have went on to get something from the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as soon as, you know, as soon as the first... 
know, the, the first goal goes in. It's about can we can we keep it tight? Can we stay in the game? You know, don't concede at stupid times. You know, we get to half time and I'm singing, right, you know, just give it 10 minutes, stay in the game. They'll get edgy, you know, break up the play a little bit. Um, obviously, they scored their second goal at, you know, what you'd call the worst time. But to be fair, the mentality of the team, you know, we, you know, we did really well. Like I said, we had we had really good spells. Um, I think that was a spell. We kept the ball for about twenty passes, and against ten men who were uh, against eleven men, sorry, who were quite, you know, they they did like to press us quite high. Um, I thought we, yeah, I thought we did really well considering the players, you know, we're missing who, you know, Winchester's good on the ball. Evans, obviously, Neil wasn't in there. Pritchard had come off, so to keep, you know, we had sort of Luca nine zipping the ball around and and those types of things. So the squad we've got is, you know, it is boding well and it will give them give them confidence. Um, and like you say, we 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 easily could have nicked something. I think I think. I think there was one time where we had the ball in the box and there was three at the back post and we chose to sort of zip it in to the front post. And, you know, you can you can see Stuart's reaction is sort of fuming as if he knew, like, because the ball didn't come, you know, mm. we we didn't score. But it, it it's a weird one that, you know, you lose the game, but it's we're almost sort of, I wouldn't say full of confidence, but you're sort of thinking, yeah, I can... I can see what the plan is, and you know, if we had eleven men, we know it would have, it would have. I think it would have been a different, a different story. And you know, Neil can say yeah. to them, "Well, look, look how we did with, with ten men. Think what we could do with eleven. Let's cut out them stupid mistakes, and you know, we'll we'll be absolutely fine this season." Yeah. And so one word that John used there, Michael, his character, Lyndon Gooch said after the game, um, it is something that has improved massively since Alex Neil came in. You know, you've got players that potentially in previous seasons wouldn't, you know, match the expectations in a game like that. Would possibly, like I say, sulk a little bit, accept that we're not might not get anything out of this game and just just kind of ghost the game. But under Alex Neal, there's there's not one player in the squad that seems to do that. Everyone wants to work as hard as they can for him. And again, you know, bringing players in, there's just no limit on what Alex Neal could achieve with Sunderland if we keep him happy, if we get what he needs and providing people stay fit as well. Exactly. There's a, obviously, it depends on a few things, but you're right. If you look like like you both said, imagine what you could do with, with 11 men in a game. And that, again, like I keep repeatedly saying, that's that's a way a team that, that's going to be at least in the top six um, and has got the players to be arguably pushing for top for first and second. So I think, you know, we, we showed tremendous character to stay in the game. Yes, obviously, we had to ride our luck a little bit with Patterson making a couple of key saves. They hit, I think they hit the post, they hit the bar. And so... It just goes to prove that, and I suppose this is the frustration with the ownership that, you know, look at what he's doing now with the squad he's got currently. If you could go out and get a couple of really good players, that tell you what, put it this way, you get a couple of really, really excellent players, and I mean really good players, which we should be able to get in this league, then I think Neil Warnock's insistence about us possibly making top six isn't as far-fetched, even though I still don't think it'll happen. But it just goes to prove you could it could be limitless with Alex Neil. Um, we've got a great asset there. So we've just got to make sure we get everything right. But the you're right, the character is commendable. I mean, look at the amount of late goals we scored last year to get promoted, including going to Hillsborough in the second leg, winning at Wembley. Um, yeah, okay, there's a couple of setbacks we've had this year, but staying in the game in the most difficult of circumstances, you know, we just need to give ourselves the best possible chance, and hopefully we have done that by the end of the window. Yeah. Well, so it did finish two one. So that is Sunderland's first defeat of the season. Um, Stoke away on Saturday, and then I think. We have a week off until the Norwich game, I believe. Yes, um, 
which is very annoyingly so a 12.30 kickoff at home on a Saturday, which I absolutely hate about football, but it is what it is. Another game on Sky. But before we wrap it up, we'll do player ratings, as we always do, and we'll start with Patterson with you, Michael. Obviously made some big saves at the end of the game. Um, could have easily been you know, a 4-5, maybe 6-1 without them. You can question them for the first goal, but certainly made up for it. Maybe this is me just um, being a goalkeeper's union here. And I'm, I think for me, I don't put blame on Patterson for the first goal. Like John yeah. said earlier, I think you've got to look at how the Bosnian centre-back, I'm just going to go with what you said, because I'm not going to pronounce the name, I'm going to get it yeah. wrong, um, how he gets a free header. I think it's more count of the marking than anything else. Uh, and without him, I think we could have lost by more. So if, actually, I'm going to go with a strong ace. I think he made some really, one save, I think at least one shot he tipped onto the bar. I might be wrong with that. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But he made some really, really crucial saves to keep the score down. Yeah, John, for you. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go over seven. Agree with agree with everything Michael said. I thought he was solid and, and you know continues to grow. Um, I know he's a quiet lad. I'd like to see him, you know, barking his balls off at, at the defenders mm-hmm. a little bit more. But you know, his performance, nothing wrong with it for me. Yeah. Lyndon Gooch obviously started the game as a right wing back, as he seems to be deployed in most games now and moved further forward as we kind of changed shape, went down to 10 men and he was kind of playing as a as a right-sided midfielder with Hume just behind him. Again, another good performance from him and I think he's proven a few of his doubters wrong in the championship this season. A few people didn't think it, he'd be a starter, a few people didn't want him to be a starter certainly, but in the games that he's played, Michael, he's certainly lived up to it. My mind went blank there. Is that 09 you've just said? Lyndon Gooch. Lyndon Gooch, okay. That shows how much I was listening there, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Lyndon Gooch, yeah, to be fair to him, I've, I've always def- I've defended him when he plays as a wing-back um, or as a full-back. I, don't, I still don't think he's quite good enough to be a winger. I know Daniel and, um, Lynn, and uh, Kyle probably aren't going to have that, but for me, I think he's much better as a full-back, as a full-back or a wing-back. And I think his defensive work was good. Um, and yes, there's a couple of hairy moments, but I think in general, defensively, he's looked fairly solid and took his goal really well last night. So as for last night, um, did as well as he could under the circumstances. So, but I'll just give him a seven because he scored. Yeah, and John for you. Yeah, I'll give him a seven. I thought he was. I thought he was very good again. He did, he did a bit of bit of the dirty work as well. You know, sort of worked his backside off. I think his wing play is actually getting getting a lot better. It's more, you know, can I can I beat the man and as opposed to can I take on twelve men and go back and do it again? So it was, it was yeah. very direct, and I think so he, someone deserved. You know, someone deserved to be on the end of the cross that he put in in the first half, which you know Simpson Stewart should be all over that. Um, but yeah, I was, um, I was very impressed as well with with his performance and obviously captain for the night. Yeah, and um, Lugo Nyan obviously stepping in for the injured Ballard in defence, and again similar to Gucci, did move into midfield later on in the second half. And again, I don't think he did too much wrong. One thing that I will mention though, which I think we did kind of forget to talk about. He definitely escaped a red card in that game, Michael. Yes, he definitely did. Um, I think that pro- I was going to go with a seven, but I think I'm going to bump him down to a six just for that because that was a, I was a bit reckless, and it's it's something that he does admittedly need to work on because if he keeps on trying to do that, he's going to get red cards sooner rather than later. Yeah. Again, John, I think had he been sent off, there'd certainly be no questions about it. I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was actually a good tackle, and I was a bit surprised that he. You know, he gave a free kick, but you watch the replay back. He went straight down the back of his back of his calf, got no the ball. Again, if that's happened against us, you're asking why that's not a red card. Yeah, um, you'll probably yeah, I'll probably go over a six. I thought, I thought it was, 
I thought he was relatively solid and played played the ball around quite well. Um, but yeah, the, the tackle, I think he does actually try and go for the ball. Obviously, he's off the floor a bit, but he tries to go for the ball. And I think the bloke just sort of almost turns a little bit. And that's how he catches mm. him. He's he's obviously off the floor. And to be fair, he does catch him. So it, it is, in theory, you know, reckless and, and a red card. But he's, you know, he's, he's got to watch that. Because obviously, someone, someone's only got to point out to the referee or it will be highlighted by the referees, you know, and then it's almost his cards marked, you know, first tackle players are going to be in, in no, uh, the in the first season. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're, they're going to be straight on him. So he obviously needs to, needs to watch that. But when he gets the tackles right, you know, n- you know, nothing, nothing wrong with him at all. Yeah. And um, Danny Bart played in the center of defense again and, Another injury potentially did go off it later on in the second half. Hopefully it's nothing too severe. I don't think it is. And probably just a kind of precautionary change as well as a potential tactical one from Alex Neal as well. But caught out a few times, I think, Michael. But overall, don't think he did anything particularly particularly wrong that led to a, a chance for Sheffield United. I agree. He didn't. Um, yeah, again, I think it's one of those where Sheffield United's got a very quick forward line and that's probably what caught him out a little bit. Um, so again, I'd probably go similar to um, Luke and I, and I'd go with the six. I think when you get to consider what what quality they have, the the pace that their players they've got, I think I think he was bound to have a bit of a tougher night on it. But um, as you said, fingers crossed. The I think it was a groin problem. I think it was that he had. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's not too severe, and he'll be back for the weekend. Yeah, we will see soon enough, John. For you? Um, yeah, I'll probably go over over seven. Uh, I thought it was it was solid enough. Um, I'd like to see him maybe a little bit more commanding when, you know, the first cross comes in for their for their goal. You know, he's I've seen him, you know, in real life and he is massive. You'd expect him to to win every head. Obviously he can't, you know, can't do it all, but I thought maybe he was caught a little bit flat footed for the goal, but I'm probably again, they they break so quickly. I'm probably being a bit super critical there, but you know, solid enough performance. I think it was just a tight I think it yeah, I think it was a tight tight groin, so they just took him off as a precaution for Hopefully, you would have thought he'd be fine for Stoke then. Yeah. Um, that's where we signed him from as well, wasn't it, Stoke? Yeah, probably enough. Danny yeah. Bart, okay, well, 1-0 Saturday, Danny Bart. Yeah. Not that it means anything, but Jamie Teddy actually signed for Stoke when I played football manager recently. Went on to play Premier League football with them. So, whether that's a Norman or not, I'm not sure. But Dennis Serkin, the other side of the back three, two or nine. And again, as he usually is, to be fair, fairly solid. Um, you know, he doesn't have that, you know, tower and presence that you potentially want in a centre half. And I think he was near the again Bosnian centre back for the opening goal. But I don't think he did anything wrong, Michael. Nor did I. Um I think again defensive I thought some of his positioning in the first half, I thought it was actually actually improved as they thought as the half wore on, funnily enough. Um and I think that when he tried to, when he when we could have the opportunity to get forward, I thought he he got a couple of decent um uh what was it uh, lob balls no not lob balls just try to clear it and get it towards Stewart and whatnot. And I think he in across the across the game, I thought considering the circumstance, I thought he did well. Um, maybe I'm being generous, but I think I'm going to go with a with a seven for him. Yeah, John. Um, I'll, yeah, probably go with with a seven. You know, he he did lose his man for the goal. Um, but I thought the rest of his game, to be fair, was was uh, was very good, and very very solid. Yeah. Left side to him, obviously Jack Clark again playing as that left wing back, carried the ball forward quite well. Um, 
you know, it looked dangerous when he was on the ball. Fairly standard performance from Clark again, I would say, Michael. I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get sick of the number seven after this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, w- I would let again, I would go with the seven. I think especially when it was 11 v 11, I thought there was a couple of times he burst down the, the left wing and I thought, I think you could tell that they, I thought he had their players on toast a couple of times. Um, and then, and again, in the, and later on, particularly in the second half before he went off, um, like I keep repeating, because we're down to 10 men, the creativity is going to be a bit limited because we're trying to stay in the game. But there was a couple of times where he beat his men two or three, two or three occasions. And had there been better, more options around him or more opportunities to put a cross in the box, I wouldn't have bet against him getting an assist. So carried the ball really, really well, especially considering the circumstances. Yeah. Jack Clark for you, John? Um, I'll probably go over six. Um, I thought some of this, some of it just didn't didn't come off. I don't think we used him probably as much as, as we should. I'd like to see us just get the ball to him. You know, a lot more because you know, one on one and even one v two, he's he's still very, a very very good player. Um, but sometimes maybe I just expect a bit more. But obviously, he's not going to have a lot of the ball if we're if we're down to ten men. So I'm probably being a little bit critical. But I just, you know, I think he's that he's that good at times. I just want to see a bit more from him. Yeah, um, Daniel, I think this one's fairly straightforward. To be fair, Michael, first thirty minutes he was good, but then obviously it's a mistake from Neil that. Arguably costs Sunderland the game. Um, that's probably a little bit harsh to say that, but obviously swung the momentum in favour of Sheffield United. Obviously they scored just a few minutes later. Yeah, I'll probably have to go maybe with a four just because of how much that red card, you would argue, did cost us. But the first 30 minutes, I agree, I thought he looked really bright, but I just can't get away from the fact that ultimately that was the turning point in the game. Yeah. And John? Yeah, same. I'll, I'll go over four, even though it kills me. Um, but you know the, the mistakes we've obviously gone through. Um, but yeah, before that, he was looking probably every bit the player that we'd want him, that we've wanted him to be. You know this season. So you know, learn from it, come back stronger, and you know, take us to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, alongside him was obviously Embleton. Um, he's been on the bench for all of the three league games. I think could be well on that. But I think he's started as a sub in them. Um, obviously playing a little bit further back to what he usually does. He's usually in attacking midfield. He dropped into that kind of centre midfield role where, well, obviously Evans would usually play. And I think he had more of an impact on the game than he has in the previous few games that he's came on for, Michael. Yeah, it's it's funny one because with the debate with Embleton is whether he's better in a deep in a deeper holding role or he's better as a number ten. Um, I thought it, I think I'd probably go with a solid six. I thought he. I thought he recycled the ball really, really well. I think a lot of the times the, ball, um, the, center, the play from the centre of the park was coming through him. And obviously, he would have done even more after the sending off. Um, so, yeah, just steady performance. Didn't do anything spectacular, but again, I, I think in the circumstances, I think he did well enough. Recycled it well, so I'd go with a six. Yeah, John? Yeah, same. I'd probably go over six. Again, maybe someone I want to see a little bit more from, but probably playing out of position. Um, so we'll, we'll maybe give him that. But yeah, six for me. Um, in front of Neil and Embleton was, of course, Alex Pritchard once again. Don't think had too much of an impact on the game, um, as you know, in comparison to the other games that he has played in. But you know, when he had the ball, definitely showed his quality. Um, a few nice touches, a few passes here and there. But obviously, he did come off as a sub when we did change shape in the second half. You could argue, had he stayed on the pitch, we might have had a better chance of of getting something from the game. But obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing, Michael. Um, I'm just trying to think because I'm debating between a five or a six here. Uh, I'd probably go maybe just a generous six, but 
I think that's probably pushing it, but only because I know Pritchard's capable of a lot better than that. Yeah, that is fair enough, John. Um, I'll probably go over six. His his touch seemed to be a tiny bit off, um, but most of the stuff he he did do in his pressing was uh, was very good. Um, yeah. And obviously, we changed shape that he didn't really fit into when you know, sort of on the the sixty five minute mark, and you know, it was nice to see a player being you know really annoyed. You know, being being substituted off, um, but we know he's we know his quality, and um, you know he's probably being protected, ready for Saturday. Yeah, and obviously the front two was the same again. Ross Stewart and Ellis Sims starting with Ellis Sims. Michael once again proved a handful for the Sheffield United defence, but obviously didn't get his reward for it today. Well, yesterday, yeah, <laughs> last night even. Exactly. Yeah, um, we, we've, we've mispronounced a few things here. Haven't we? <laughs> um, Ellis Sims, I thought was <clears throat> maybe I'm being generous, but I go with a seven. I actually thought that is some at some points in the first half, especially eleven v eleven. I thought his strength was excellent. I thought he held his man off really well. Uh, got down the byline once or twice. Um, just didn't come off for it. Um, and then obviously, and obviously again, when you go down to ten men, it's 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 harder to import. To be fair, Alex Neely actually did leave both of them on the pitch for a sustained period of time before he went before he took Sims yeah. off. Um, so um, actually, no, I'll change. I'll probably go with a six. Um, I think with it, like you said, held the ball up well, got past his man a couple of times. I thought he, I thought they looked nervous. And it's not, by the way, just to point out. I think I've seen a few uh, Sheffield United fans yeah. saying that that Sunderland's front two, Stuart and uh, SAS, is actually quite a handful. Michael Beale said it as well. So yeah, um, six. But maybe that's just because he scored in the first two games and didn't in this one. Yeah, that is fair enough, John. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go with with a six. Um, again, maybe I wanted to see um, just a, a, a little bit more from him. Um, but, you know, once we're down to 10 men, the service is going to be limited. Um, but again, there's nothing nothing to really worry about. I'm probably frustrated as well that, you know, Gooch is cross. He isn't really sort of anywhere near getting on the end of it. Um, but not, you know, not, nothing nothing too critical. Yeah. Obviously, last but not least, Ross Stewart. Um Usual performance from him again, I would say, Michael. Held the ball up, linked the play well, but again, just didn't quite get his reward. I think he did hit the bar once um, from across that ended up in a Sheffield United free kick, which had that ball gone in, I'd have been fuming because it was definitely not a foul, but it didn't, so it didn't really matter in the end. But usual performance, worked hard throughout. <clears throat> yeah, he did. Um, for Stuart, actually probably would go with a seven because the key difference is that he got an assist. He got the... Um assist for Lyndon Gooch's goal uh, and put it well let's just say I mean again did what you I think you've just pretty much described what he did in the game so all I'll say is I think if we have if we're able to get with Stuart and Sims again up top on Saturday Stoke have Stoke's fans I'd imagine aren't quite enamoured with Michael O'Neill so I think if you get SAS up there up front I think they'll cause Stoke quite a few problems yeah absolutely and last but not least John uh, yeah I'll go over seven um, like Mark said, yeah, got the got the assist. You know, great vision. I think he was tireless in. You know, it's, it's quite a tough job up there. You know, on your own at times, um, and looked look lively and bright, sort of. You know, early on. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's you know good to go and on on fire on Saturday. Yeah. Um, moving on, like we say, it is Stoke away on Saturday. It's not a cold. Tuesday night instead it's a I think it's forecast to be a fairly warm Saturday afternoon for a Stoke standard that is instead. not what you associate with Stoke I'm sorry it's not <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I actually checked the forecast in Stoke on Saturday and I'm 
fairly sure it was meant to be a slightly warmer day there for them. But before I check that, score predictions for that game, Michael? This is one of those games where I wouldn't be shocked whatever the result is. I wouldn't be shocked if we get B because Stoke have some good players, namely Dwight Gale up front, but they have good players behind them. Um, I wouldn't, but I would also wouldn't be shocked if we win because, again, I think like what teams try to do to us, uh, especially in League One, was when you come up here, keep the crowd quiet, and then try to impose yourself on the game later or to spring surprises later. I think we should be looking to do that in this game, turn the crowd against Stoke, and we could possibly get a win. But I do think it'll be a 1 1 draw, which. I think we need to get something out of this game, really. Uh, if we get a draw, I wouldn't be complaining too much, but a win would obviously be... I think we could get a win if we really did it well enough. Yeah. And John, for you? Uh, I'll take a 2-0 win. I'll take uh, Sims and, and Stuart go each. Nice clean sheet, finally. Um, and I'm going to it. So, yeah, it should be a good day in the Same sun. Yeah, John. I might see you down there. I shall see you there. It is. Just check that it's forecast to be highs of 22 degrees on Saturday. Is there, what, what chance is there of rain? Zero, apparently. That is still not stalk. No, and us, it'll probably snow. Possible. Yeah, well, according to this, it says sunny intervals and a moderate breeze. Okay. It's never stalk, though, a bit of wind, is it? No, definitely. Oh, no, I'll tell you what, it, the way the weather's been the last couple of weeks, I think any sort of uh, wind is going to be great in the minute. Yeah. Well, as we've said pretty much every time we've recorded a podcast, who knows what can happen between now and that game. Um, obviously, there's still, I think it's 12, maybe 13 days left of the transfer window. Sunderland still have business to be done, certainly. Whether any of that is done between now and Saturday, I would argue is unlikely, um, but nevertheless possible. Obviously, the Costa Rica winger, Costa Rican winger, um, Jewison Bennett or Bennett, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. That is allegedly a, a done um, as far as what was said yesterday, still not to be confirmed and isn't due to be confirmed anytime today either. So I'm not sure what the holdup is with that, but we'll see if anyone else is in the door between now and then. Um, we'll have a preview for that game hopefully on Friday at some point, of course, as we always do. On Sunday, we will be back to talk about the game go through the player ratings and probably slander the referee um, because we always so, tend to do that. It wouldn't be an EFL podcast without one, would it? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. I still think we'll do listen to Premier League next year, to be fair, when we get there, but <laughs> hey, ten minutes to worry about that. But we'll be back tomorrow um, with a preview and, like I say, back on Sunday to talk about the Stoke game. Um, but until then, we'll see you later. That's all, folks.